I believe God has a good word today. And I want to get right into it. So that you guys can go celebrate your fathers a little bit more. Uh, my day started off very, very, very good. Uh, my kids came over. Uh, for any of you guys that know, whenever they're, whenever I could get all three of them, yeah, like that's that that's a win. That's a win. Um, so I'm excited about that. But let's pray, Father, in the name of Jesus. I just pray that you would help me to keep it together. Help me to keep it together. Help me to deliver this word, Lord, in a way that connects with the heart of your people. Father, I pray for our internet audience, Lord God, that you would crawl in their living rooms, crawl in their bedrooms, crawl wherever they are, Lord, and touch them, that they would feel the same impact we're about to feel here. Abba, we invite you. We invite you, Abba, to just make yourself known. Make yourself known. Make yourself, let us feel your presence. Let us know that you're here, Lord. We love you. We praise you. We thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, 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 and amen. Woo. Guys, can we give Anthony a round of applause? An epic father. I've seen him. I, I did say epic. Wow. Um, I've seen him do his thing. Um, and, and, and it's always been fun seeing how he parents Davion. Because <laughs> that's fun. Amen. Amen. Um, like I said, I want to get right into the word. So let's go into Romans chapter 8, verse 14 through 16. And it says, the mature, the mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty, leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. Say that again, leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. But you have received the spirit of full acceptance. Can somebody say full acceptance? Full acceptance, enfolding you into the family of God. And you will never feel orphaned. For as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection and the Passion Translation says, Beloved Father, but the original translation says, Abba, Father. And then it says, For the Holy Spirit makes God, God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being, You are God's beloved child. You, 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 over there in the internet audience, you are God's beloved child some of you might be like yeah yeah but i know this i know this like I, I go to church i'm god's child i thought i did too i've been serving the lord for 27 years and it wasn't until last year that something began to wake up inside of me that said you have an abba you have an abba that loves you you have an Abba that wants you. You have an Abba that wants to walk with you. And, and I'm going to be sharing that today. Is that okay, guys? Can, can I share? But before I get that, I want to honor some very important fathers. And I got some pictures for you guys. Um, first is Pops. 
Um, first picture coming up right now. That's my father-in-law. And like Anna said, he's always viewing. So I hope it shows on YouTube. Pops, I love you. Thank you for all that you are. This man's faith is contagious. His joy for God is contagious. And he's just really taken my personal walk with Jesus to another level. And he doesn't even know it. He doesn't even know it. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. And I thank you and save some ribs for me. Um, the second picture is my spiritual dad, Apostle Nuno Rodriguez from Mission, Texas. Um, this man came into my life when I was very, where I was kind of at a crossroads trying to discover what it was that God wanted me to do, what it was that God wanted me to say, what he, what he wanted me to preach for the rest of my life. Um, and in one of our graduations, they were given... They were handing out um, associate and ministerial leadership certificates out um, for people that had taken some courses that I had taken, but I didn't fill out that application because I had a religious credential from the denomination that I was in. And he's calling out different people's names, and then he calls out my name. And my first instinct was to stay seated because I didn't apply. I was like, you know, somebody made a mistake. Um, but when I came and I got the certificate and he hugs me and I said, but I didn't apply. And he said, a son doesn't have to. And, and that really sent my life in a, in a different direction. Um, the next one, uh, you guys might know, you might not recognize him or me. You might not recognize him or me. Um, because a, a dynamic can be seen in this picture, which I'm not too, too excited about. It, and it's that I feel like the weight that Pastor Roe had, he has transferred onto me. <laughs> and if you look at the next picture, you can see that, you know, sometimes, you know, things get better with age. Amen. Praise God. I think we're doing okay. Um, the next guy I want to honor is my biological father, Jose Enrique Marquez Sr. Um, and... I wish I could tell you a lot about him, but I can't. I don't know him as, as much as I wish I did. Um, he, he, he's had, he's, he has his struggles, um, battles alcoholism. Um, I know he carries with him a whole lot of pain. Um, pain that whether he knew it or not, he was transferring onto his eldest son. Um, um, worries and fears that he was passing on to my generation. And, and we're going to see as this message unfolds, not having him in my life, not having him present in my life, affected my life. I mean, he was around till, till I was nine. Um, I, I knew he was my dad. I knew that I had a father. He's lived in Patterson his whole life. I'm, I lived in Patterson as well. So I knew he was around, but he wasn't around. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Right? Because it, it's, not a, it's not enough to be around when a kid wants you to be a part of. And, and the thing with boys, especially, you know, in my case, like I was never going to be like, but dad, I need you. But I needed him. Um, something happened when I was 17, I had my oldest child and one became three. And this is this next picture. These are my three babies. This is like how I see them in my head. Like they don't ever shift when I pray for them. This is who I'm seeing. 
when, when, when I'm like, Lord, bless my babies, like this is the picture that, that comes into my prayer life. But the next picture is what they actually look like now. These are my gems. These are my babies. These are my kids. Um, I love them. I love them. I love them. And Joshua, Jalissa, and Jonathan, um, they all have very different personalities. Uh, I feel like my oldest looks like his mom and myself, but probably has um, some of the more negative aspects of me, uh, including that temper. Uh, my daughter, my daughter is, is, is trying to find herself at the moment, and my youngest son is a lot like his mom. Um, they, they drive me crazy. Um, but like I said, the, the, the sins of my father, the sins of my father, and, and by the sins of my father, I'm not necessarily talking about the alcoholism. I'm not necessarily talking about the domestic violence I grew up witnessing. I'm not necessarily talking about his, 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 um, you know, any, any of his personal struggles, but by the sins of my father, I'm talking about his absenteeism. His not being present. His not being there. It, it became something that when my three were born, I, I, I wrestled with. I, I, I said, I'm never going to be like my father. I'm never going to do what he did to me. I'm going to be better. But in doing all that, I ended up doing kind of the same thing. I didn't fight for my kids as much as I should have. Um, I was very present in their lives, um, but maybe not in the way they needed me to be present. Because I was trying to be present in their lives the way I needed my father to be present in mine. So when I talk about the title of my sermon today, this, this was just an intro. Um, I'm going to preach under the theme, Daddy Issues. Daddy Issues. When I looked up the word daddy issues, the definition it gives is daddy issues is an informal term generally referring to the trouble some people have with forming secure relationships in adulthood based on an unhealthy, on an early unhealthy connection or lack thereof with their father. And then it gave me five different characteristics of, of daddy issues. And the first one was you are attracted to older men. Number two, you are clingy, jealous, or overprotective. Number three, you need constant reassurance of love and affection. Number three, you're terrified of being alone. And number five, you know you have a complicated relationship with your dad. See, but when I look at these five definitions, I'm like, all right, that's cool. This is how Google, you know, Dr. Google, professor in all things, um, defines daddy issues. But when I look at them, I'm like, I'm not necessarily attracted to older men. Like, like that's not my thing, right? So, so what is it? To, you know, when I read these definitions, and, and as much of you, I'm sure, already know, like when it talks about daddy issues, it almost always goes in the direction of females. So then I was praying the other day and I'm like, Lord, but like I'm a male and I know that I have some daddy issues. I'm a male and I know that I've wrestled with a lack of a father and it's affected my relationships. And, and yesterday praying to God, I feel like God led me to a video clip that we're going to share that perfectly describes daddy issues. Can we, can we play that clip? What's up? 
Well, <laughs> I'm glad you're here. Um, some business came up I got to handle. So we're going to have to put a, our trip on hold. You understand? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's cool. That's cool. Just, just for a couple of weeks. Mm, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a little longer. Yeah, whatever, whatever. Look, I'll, I'll call you next week and we'll iron out the details, okay? Yeah, yeah. It was great seeing you, son. You too, Lou. Yeah, um... I'm sorry, Will. You know what, actually, this works out better for me. You know, it's slim as a summer come to class wearing next to nothing, you know what I'm well, saying? Well, it's all right to be angry. Hey, why should I be mad? I'm saying, at least he said goodbye this time. I just wish I hadn't wasted my money buying this stupid present. I'm sorry, I, you know, if there was something that I Hey, could you know do. what? You ain't got to do no, nothing, Uncle Phil. Hey, you know, ain't like I'm still five years old, you know? Ain't like I'm gonna be sitting up every night asking my mom, when's daddy coming home, you know? Who needs him? Hey, he wasn't there to teach me how to shoot my first basket, but I learned, didn't I? Hey, I got pretty damn good attitude, didn't I, yeah, Uncle Phil? Did. Got through my first day without him, right? Mm. I learned how to drive. I learned how to shave. I learned how to fight without him. I had 14 great birthdays without him. He never even sent me a damn card. To hell with him! I ain't need him then, and I don't need him now. Will. Well, uh, you know what, Uncle Phil? I'm going to get through college without him. I'm going to get a great job without him. I'm going to marry me a beautiful honey, and I'm going to have me a whole bunch of kids. I'm going to be a better father than he ever was. And I sure as hell don't need him for that, because ain't a damn thing he could ever teach me about how to love my kids. How come he don't want me, man? And these, and that's daddy issues on video for a lot of us guys. How come he don't want me? I've had times where I, where I spent time with my little brother and he was younger than me. So he basically doesn't have any relationship with my dad. And, and, and crying, you know, he, he told me, he was like, but. Why, why doesn't he just, why doesn't he want us? What did we do that was so bad that he doesn't want us? And, and the reason that I'm bringing a topic like this into church is because what happened to me, I believe, has happened to many others. And it's the fact that because of my relationship with my biological earthly father, I didn't realize that that was seeping into my relationship with my heavenly father. But then something began to happen and um, a few years back I went to counseling as, as I was going through a divorce and Reverend D from Calvary Temple in Wayne, New Jersey sat me down in a chair and, and she gave me a book called Experiencing the Father's Embrace. Experiencing the Father's Embrace. And in that book it gave 20 different signs of an orphan heart. 20 different signs of an orphan heart. And I'm not going to go through all 20 because I only have a few minutes. Um, but, but out of those 20, one of them talked about security. And it says, all orphans are insecure while sons rest in their father's embrace. 
Orphans are insecure. Number five was a need for approval. Orphans are addicted to praise and acceptance. Sons know they are accepted based on grace. Number nine is self-image. And it says orphans have an attitude of self-rejection and constantly compare themselves. Sons feel positive and affirmed because they know how valuable they are to their father. Number 10 was source of comfort. Orphans seek comfort from counterfeit affections. Addictions, hyper-religiousness, activity and sin. While sons find comfort in the father's presence. Number 12 was handling others' faults. Orphans accuse and expose while denying their own faults. Sons cover due to love. Number 13, view of authority. Orphans see authority as painful and are suspicious of those in authority. Sons respect and honor legitimate authority. Number 18, position. Orphans feel like they don't have a home. But sons are at rest in peace. And number 20 was future. Orphans feel their future is uncertain. Sons rest in God's promise, knowing that even temporary situations will work for their good. And man, I wish I could stand up here and be like, everything that has to do with sonship, that's Pastor Marquez. Hallelujah. Praise God. Like, but, but that's not the truth. See, the truth is, I could, I could relate very much with every single characteristic of the orphan heart. I've been in church again for 27 years. I've been a leader of the Christian church for most of those years. I know what it is to have accepted Jesus saving me and, and, and cleaning me from my sins. I, I could preach you a good message on grace. Maybe not as good as Pastor Rowe, but I could preach me a good message on grace. I, I could talk about the kingdom of God. I could teach you some theology. We could go through hermeneutics, eschatology, pneumatology, and all the ologies that exist. But when it came to understanding that Jesus also came to redeem my orphan heart and bring me back to my Abba Father. I hadn't learned that lesson until 26 years in. Because, because after reading this book, there was a morning that I woke up and I was praying and I was praying and I was seeking God. How many of you love those mornings where you don't need music, you don't need to be pushed, you don't need to be prodded, that God is almost waiting for you. Wherever your prayer space is, like God is waiting for you there. Like the minute you hit your knees, if that's how you pray or you lay down, if that's how you pray, like immediately you feel God's presence. Like that happened to me that morning. And I began talking in tongues and I'm talking in tongues for what seemed like hours and it was just a few minutes but suddenly everything stopped everything stood silent including me and I began saying Abba and I wanted to go back to talking in tongues but I kept going Abba Abba Abba, Abba. And then what felt like hours, but again, was just a few minutes. I kept repeating those words, Abba, 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 Abba. I didn't know what God was doing, but God was preparing me because he had some words he needed to speak to me that night. Because that night we go to Newark, New Jersey, and Ignite was having their worship service. And they had a man of God named Pastor Hector Medina that was giving, giving that was preaching. And I had just come in last minute because 
because I had been invited. And out of everybody that was there worshiping and seeking God and not seeking a word, because that's what a lot of church people do, I just went into worship. I'm, I'm not used to getting direct words from God. But then all of a sudden I was next to Pastor Rowan and he points at me and he said, you. And one of the very first words that came out of his mouth was, there is such a love that is going to come over you from Abba. And thank you, Eve, for recording it. But, but, but check this out. Something, something happened in May of 2022. I think it was Yvette or, or Emily. It was an EE. Okay. And, and then in May of this year, Pastor George was teaching on unforgiveness at Matrix University. How many can praise God for Matrix University? And, and, and we were taking this class. It was a great class. He taught it well. Um, but afterwards, I came up for prayer. And Pastor Roe just happened to be in the front. And Pastor Roe lays his hands on me. And these were his words. I pray Abba's love over you. I've always been there for you, says the Lord. I have never abandoned you. And I am freeing you from an orphan spirit. That would be enough, right? Like, that should be enough, Lord. Like, I don't need nothing else. But then the following week, we go to class again. And this time, Pastor Medina's teaching. And the class that he's teaching is titled, Deliverance from the Orphan Spirit. Last week, we had an internationally renowned preacher from Brooklyn, New York, at Christ Uncensored House of Worship, Pastor Lisa Remedios. And in the midst of her preaching, she says, even when I wasn't serving him, I was experiencing his love as a father. She just said it, but my spirit caught it. See, there's one thing to hear something, but it's another thing to catch something. I'm praying that today somebody came to the house of God expecting to catch something. Because when you catch something, that's what changes you. When you catch something, that's what you take home. When you hear something, usually you forget it within 20 minutes. But I caught something and I was like, Lord, like you're trying to tell me something. And then all of a sudden, like, I knew I had to preach today. I knew it was Father's Day. So things continued to click. And all of a sudden, God took me to his word. And he said, I, I came to, Jesus whispered into my heart, I came to save you. I came to redeem you. Yes, I came to redeem some things for you. But the main thing I came to redeem, I came to redeem your orphan heart and connect it back to my Abba Father. Because I know what he did for me. And I know what he can do for you Jesus everything the father did for Jesus he wants to do for you he wants to move in you he wants to work in you he wants to feed you he wants to cover you he wants to provide for you he wants to love you but before all of that happens we have to come back Look at Jesus' relationship with the Father. In Matthew 6, 9, he says, our, when they ask him, you know, how, how do we pray, Jesus? We want to do what you do. How many of you want to do what Jesus, like, like healing people and, 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 and whenever you pray, something just happens? Like, that's wild. Like, when I think about what Jesus, like, yo, like, we, we say things. How many of you know, like, a lot of times in church we say things, like, you know, use me. Like, we say that. Do we mean it? 
Like, like use me the way you use Jesus. Like, do we mean that? Do you really mean that? Like, like he used Jesus? Because in an age of social media, you, 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 you raise one dead person, your life is over. You will never be the same again. Use me like you use Jesus. Mm. So, so they asked him, and, and Jesus says, this is how I want you guys to pray. Our Father in heaven, you are holy. Oh. And we read this, we like, yeah, we know the rest of the prayer. We learned it in Catholic school or wherever it is that we might have learned it. But, but when Jesus says, this is how I want you to pray. My Father in heaven, you are holy. That word holy has a whole lot of different meanings. But in, the, in its most basic form, what he's saying is you are different. You are different than anything I've ever seen. You are different than anything I've ever experienced. When he's saying what I want you to pray is my father, you are holy. You are different. What he's saying is my father in heaven, you are different than any father that has ever forgotten me here on earth. My holy father, you are different than any father who ever gave me his back here on earth. My holy father, you are different because your word says though mother and father might forsake me, I will never forsake you and I will always pick you up up from where they've let you down when he says my father which art in heaven you are holy saying you're different how many of you know that our abba is just different in john chapter 5 jesus says jesus answered that my father is working until now and i also am working And then it says, this is why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him. Because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father. Making himself equal with God. You see, because this is another thing. When we understand that he is our Abba Father, we understand immediately that we are heirs with Christ and joint heirs with God. In other words, everything that belongs to Abba belongs to you. If peace is in the throne, then peace should be in my home. If healing is in the throne, then healing should be in my home. It's if the angels sing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, that same sort of ambiance should exist at home why because i'm abba's kid i'm abba's kid in john 16 he says i jesus said i came from the father and have come into the world and now i am leaving the world to go back to my father look at it look this is jesus talking in john 10 30 jesus says i and the father are one This is how close me and, my, me and my daddy are. This is how close we are. And this is what happens when I, with a lot of us when we don't have a relationship that we're wired to have had. If we, when we don't have a relationship that we were created to have. And sometimes this goes to us. Can I talk to the fathers a little bit? Your kids need you, fathers. I don't care. They can tell you they don't. They can tell you they don't want you. They can tell you they don't need you. They can tell you all that good stuff. But they do. They want a call from you. They want a text from you. They want a hug from you. They want a pound from you. They just want to be a part of you why because just like jesus said i am the father are one when we don't have a relationship with our fathers or our fathers don't have a relationship with us something is missing 
Jesus said, me and the Father are one. And I want you to be one with him. I want you to be one with him. In John chapter 14, you guys know the verse when he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. How many of you know that one memorized? I know that one. No, that's one of them that I know. I know that one and I can do all things. And I use it out of context all the time. Praise God. <laughs> but, but, but they asked him, show us the Father, Jesus. And Jesus says, do you believe that I am in the Father and the, fire, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. But the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or else believe on account of the works themselves. First John, uh, um, the Apostle John talks about this again. He said, you know who your father is by the works that follow you. I don't want to go there because Pastor Rose preaching that one. Praise God. Uh, look at Mark chapter 9 verse 7. He says, and a cloud overshadowed them and a voice came out of the cloud and said, this is my beloved son. Listen to him. Jesus' whole life was driven by this one statement. Jesus' whole purpose in life was driven by the understanding that he was God's beloved son. He, his whole, he was able to perform miracles because he understood that he was God's beloved son. He was able to proclaim the kingdom of God because he understood that he was God's beloved son. He was able to raise the dead because he understood that he was God's beloved son. He was able to go to the cross and three days later resurrect from the dead because he understood that he was God's beloved son. What would happen at Christ's uncensored house of worship in Staten Island, New York if we simply believed that we are God's beloved son? Not because of what we listen to me this happened when he was baptized this happened before he multiplied the bread this happened before he resurrected the dead this happened before he cast out any demons this happened before he did any good works you are God's beloved son right here right now not because of what you've done not because of what you're doing but because he's called you his beloved son he calls you his beloved daughter. He calls you the person that he loves. Before you do anything. Okay, can, I, can I set this little premise out there? Before, you ever, before we ever do anything real for the kingdom of God, we must first understand that we're his beloved. If it's going to be done in purity. <sighs> that word Abba. Look, somebody say that with me. Abba. Say it again, Abba. It's a weird, I'm going to drop that if you leave that. It's, it's just a weird word. And that word Abba, it just, it's, it's, it, the name expresses a very intimate and inseparable relationship between Christ and the Father and between the believers and God or the Father. Inseparable. Why are we so scared? Why are we so afraid of that word? Inseparable. Inseparable. I don't care how mad I could be at my dad. 
If they run a DNA test, they still find him. Inseparable. I don't care how much he denies me, or, or not that he ever d has denied me. That's not one of the negative traits. But, you know, I don't care how much a father might have denied you or might say that he wishes you were never born. None of that matters. Because if they run a DNA test on you, they will still find him inseparable. So when the Apostle Paul says nothing can separate me from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, it is first and foremost because I am his beloved son, because he is my Abba, and his relationship with me is inseparable. If you open me up after I said yes to Jesus and you took a DNA test in the spiritual realm, you won't find my past. You won't find my negative attributes you won't find my weaknesses you won't find the things I struggle with all you're gonna find is the DNA of my Abba in heaven if they open you up right now even though you might not fully believe it fully embrace it all they're gonna find is Abba your Abba he sent Jesus to give us an example of what life could be and should be there's only three times that that word Abba is used in scripture. Three times. He says Father over and over and over. But when we talk about Abba, in Mark chapter 14 verse 36, Jesus said, Abba Father, I know that anything is possible for you. Please take this cup away from me so that I, I don't have to drink it. But whatever happens, let your will be done and not mine. Abba. My life is in your hands, Abba. You know my tomorrow, Abba. You know why I'm going through whatever it is I'm going through, Abba. You know where I'm headed, Abba. You know why I'm in this place right now, Abba. You know why I'm crying the tears that I cry, Abba. Because that's what Abba God is all about. My wife was sharing the other day, just yesterday, how, how some guy tried to break into her home. And he was halfway through the window. One foot in her room and one foot on the outside. And she looked at him and with fear in her heart because she couldn't move. With fear in her heart, she knew that all she had to do was call out for daddy. And daddy would get whoever was trying to intrude in her life out of her life. What would happen if we understood that if someone is trying to creep into my life, if stress is trying to creep in, if anger is trying to creep in, if bitterness is trying to creep in, if hatred is trying to creep in, I might not be able to move. I might be afraid. I might not know the right prayer or the right Bible verse or the right song, but if I just know Abba and I could call out on my Abba, all of a sudden everything changes and everything has to leave because every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Oh, where was I? I hate when this thing turns off. If we, if we go to Galatians chapter 4 verse 6, again the apostle Paul says, And because you really are his sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts crying out, Abba, Father. I started off today with a verse in Romans chapter 8. And I, 
I want to talk about this a little bit. Romans chapter 8, verse 14 through 16. And I love it. It says, it says, you didn't receive the spirit of religious duty leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. You have, the, you have received the spirit of full acceptance enfolding you into the family of God. Fully accepted. Fully accepted. We've allowed our past to determine our acceptance into the home. But God says, no, baby, you, you're fully accepted. When I look at you, I don't see your sins because your sins have been wiped out as far as the east is to the west. When I look at you, I see my son Jesus all over you. You might not see it, but the minute we say yes to Jesus, the father says yes to us. So that we can be fully accepted. And look what it says. It says, you will never feel orphaned. For as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of, of God's, the words of tender affection, Abba, Father. For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us whenever he whispers, you are my beloved child. Ah, the Apostle Paul said this. Who said it? Who said this? The Apostle Paul was a Pharisee. How many of you ever heard about the Pharisees, right? We know, we know a little bit about the Pharisees. Now, the name Pharisee means separated one. The Pharisees got angry at Jesus when Jesus said, me and the Father are one. Paul, being an ex-Pharisee, when Jesus comes into his life and he reestablishes his relationship with our father, he says, I cannot be a Pharisee anymore because I understand that I am no longer separated. Sometimes we condemn the Pharisees because we're like, they're religious. Anybody who's religious is a Pharisee. Anybody who says that I got to wear pants and, and a skirt to church and not pants is a Pharisee. Anybody who says, you know, having a beard, having a mustache is not a sin. But if you have the full beard, it is a sin. It's a Pharisee. Like, like we've heard some stuff, right? We, we've been around. We've heard like what's sin and what's not sin. It's, it's funny sometimes. It's comical. But, 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 but I say that to say this, sometimes in church, grace-filled churches, Pharisees creep in. Could it be that that Pharisee is sitting with you on your chair right now? Could it be that that Pharisee is in you right now? Not because of religious things that you might be observing, but because within your own mind, you have separated yourself. You have said, I am a separated one. I am not connected to God. There's no way that God loves me. There's no way that God's with me. I'm not perfect enough. I haven't done enough. I haven't fasted enough. I haven't prayed enough. I'm still battling demons. I'm still battling things. My closet is full of skeletons. My closet is full of dirt. If you look under my car, Oh my gosh. 
gosh, what you're going to find down there is crazy. But Paul said, no, 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 no. I was a Pharisee. But everything I considered to my benefit, I've let it go for the glory of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Because if I can know Jesus, I immediately understand that there is no separation. That nothing in heaven can separate me. Nothing on earth can separate me. Nothing in this world can separate me. Nothing in my past can separate me. No bad decisions that I've made can separate me. Why? Because there is now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Oh, I got to get excited about this stuff, guys, because this is the good news. The good news is that although my father doesn't seek me out, my heavenly father has been looking for me since March 16, 19 something something. Is there anybody here that wants to know how to get back into relationship with Abba? I got like four minutes left. Hmm. In Luke chapter 15, there's this story about a prodigal son. How do I get back into relationship with my Abba? When we read this story about the prodigal son, the first thing that we see is that the prodigal son says, what am I doing here? He's in the pig pen and he's like, what am I doing here? In other words, if I'm going to come back to Abba, the first thing I need to understand and ask myself is what am I doing here? What am I doing living a life full of fear? What am I doing living a life full of anxiety? What am I doing living a life full of bitterness and resentment and hatred and anger? This is not the place that I'm called to live in realize where you are the second thing you need to realize the second thing we need to do is just come back home just come back home the father's waiting for us and he's on his throne and he's saying i'm, I'm just waiting i already did whatever needed to be done I've already paid for your sins. I've already forgiven you even before you've asked me forgiveness. I've already done everything that needed to be done so that I could have you back home. I just want you back home. This is all that Abba wants. He just wants his kids to come back home. The third thing we need to do is fall into the Father's embrace. The Bible says that the son was coming full of dirt, full of sin, full of anger, full of bitterness, full of all this stuff. But daddy saw him from far. This is what I love, Pastor Rowe. That the Bible says, when I was not looking for him, he had already known me. I wasn't even looking for him. But he was from afar. Saying, that's my kid right there. That's my kid. That's my son. That's my daughter. That's somebody that, that's going to live a great life for my glory. That's someone I'm going to give my peace to. That's someone I'm going to give joy to. That's someone I'm going to give blessing to. That's someone I'm going to break every chain, break every shackle, break every fear off of their life because that's my kid. And the Bible says that the son from afar, he had this whole speech. Because that's the issue with us. We think that it's because of our words that God accepts us. 
No. No, but doesn't the Bible say if you confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, then you shall be saved. That word confession has nothing to do with you saying, Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. That word confession has to do with embracing and accepting everything that he is and then walking in acknowledgement of those realities. That's confession. So Abba's saying, I'm, I, I see you. I love you. I want to embrace you. The Bible says that the son, while he was on his father's chest, he's like, Father, I'm not worthy of you. And you know what you don't see? You don't see the father trying to convince him otherwise. <laughs> you don't see the father having a discussion with him. You know why? Because Abba doesn't know what you're talking about. He doesn't know what you're talking about when you talk to him about your sins. He doesn't know what you're talking about when you talk to him about all your dirt. He doesn't know what you're talking about because in his eyes you've been cleansed. You've been forgiven. You've been renewed. You are a new creation. Old things have passed away and behold all things have made new. When he sees you, he sees a baby. Could this be why Jesus said, if you want to come into my kingdom, you got to come in like a little child. The prodigal said, okay, God, this is who you say that I am, then I'm going to be that. If you're going to put your clothes on me, I'm going to wear it. If you're going to put your ring on me, I'm going to show it. If you're going to put your sandals on me, I'm going to walk it. If you're going to accept me back into the house, I'm going to come back into the house. If you're going to say that you made this, this banquet for me and you made this great meal for me, I'm going to eat the meal that you made for me. Why? Because the Bible says that you will prepare, right? The Bible says you will prepare a, a table in the presence of your enemies. Why? It's not so that they can feed you. It's so that you can feed them. If God is giving us a table, it's because we are children of God. We are sons and daughters of the Most High and the prodigals are coming home and the Bible says that all of a sudden this son that was once lost was found again listen to me 26 years preacher teacher I've had so many titles like I forget them all apostle teacher pastor prophet evangelist minister reverend so many but for 26 years, it took me 26 years to understand that Jesus was trying to bring me back to daddy. <laughs> and check this, because now I feel because now daddy brought me back to him. Now daddy's doing just all, he's just showing off in my life. He gave me a family called Christ Uncensored House of Worship. He gave me this beautiful wife. Can you stand up baby real quick and just show off a little bit this is my beautiful wife and God has just done so many so many wonderful things in our life and it's and, and you know why he does all these things because he's good that's it he's just good but he's not Webster's dictionary good he's not churchology Christianity 101 good He's good all by himself. 
He's good in and of himself. He's so good. We don't, not, we don't even have a definition of what that kind of good is. But he's saying, I don't want you to define it. I want you to live it. I want you to feel it. I want you to walk in it. I want you to demonstrate it. I want you to manifest it. I want you to know that I'm a good father. Let me be a good father to you. How many of you are ready to allow Abba to just be good? To just be good. To put all these daddy issues aside and said, I'm, I'm done with the daddy issues. I'm done being bitter. I'm done being angry. I'm done battling a battle that I wasn't supposed to battle because I was just a little kid. I'm going to return back to that moment. Ooh, I just felt this drop on me right now. Most of our daddy issues began when we was a little child. What if God is saying, I need you to go back there for a second. Go back there for a second. Just a second. Go back there. Because if you're going to come into my kingdom as a little child... I need you to go back there. I'm going to meet you there. This afternoon, God is going to meet us there so that we can deal with our daddy issues there. And then from there, he can take our hands and leave those daddy issues behind and come back to some daddy answers. Come back to some daddy blessings. Come back to some daddy peace. Come back to some daddy glory. How many of you are ready to together just pray? Can we stand up, guys? And maybe, just maybe, uh, maybe we can have some prodigals, either current prodigals or former prodigals. Come and let's just fill this place and say, Daddy, I'm coming home. I'm coming home. I'm coming back, Daddy. I'm not going to let guilt keep me back. I'm not going to let condemnation keep me back. I'm coming back home because you're a good, good 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 you're a good good you're a what he's a what how many of you are ready for a good good father amen amen amen